Hey guys, welcome to episode 18 of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Stratner. I'm sorry, I know I missed my first round preview, but I was on vacation, but I'm ready to get back into it. Uh, I was honestly kind of hoping the Leafs would close it out tonight so I could just do a full first round recap and then the only game that I would miss for my second round preview would be game one of Bruins Isles, but uh, unfortunately Montreal did win the game, but I can't complain too much. We do have a game seven. Uh, this episode I'm going to be recapping the first round as well as previewing the second, and we're going to start in the West with Avalanche and the Blues. Uh, this honestly went exactly as expected, for me at least. The Avs just completely rolled through the Blues. Uh, that's why getting the number one seed was so important for them in the West. You didn't want to play Minnesota if you were them. Wild Knights was a great series, went until Game 7. But uh, the Avs absolutely just flew through the Blues like I knew they would. They were 50% in the power play in this series, which is just kind of laughable. Uh, the only negative coming out of this series for Colorado was Kadri being Kadri, and I just, it sucks to say it, but I don't think this guy will ever learn. Uh, he appealed his eight-game suspension, and he's waiting to hear back on a ruling on that. But, I mean, the, the best team in hockey all year was the best team again in the first round. Uh, I kind of feel bad for the Blues, but... It is what it is. They won a cup not too long ago, so you can't feel too bad. Uh, that's really all I'm going to talk about for that series. Not really much more worth going into. Uh, Knights and Wild was a great series. Uh, if I had to guess for the series, I would have said it was probably going seven, and it definitely didn't disappoint. I thought both goalies were unbelievable, making great saves night in and night out. Um... It's tough for Minnesota to swallow after coming so close, but the Knights were just the better team in Game 7. They probably should have closed it in Game 5, if we're being honest. The Knights were the far better team in that game, losing 4-2, even though they outshot the Wild 40-14. to Cam Talbot in that game was incredible. Uh, one thing I'll say about the Knights is they're as good as it gets in the NHL at just shutting you down once they have a lead. As soon as they get the lead, they just shut everything down. They don't give you an inch. They keep you to the outside so well. Uh, as far as actually Game 7 goes, just another reason why I love the NHL playoffs so much. Uh, Pacioretty comes back in the lineup after being injured, scores a big goal. Matthias Yanmark was brought in at the trade deadline as a depth forward, someone who's defensively responsible. He had one goal in 15 games in the regular season with the Knights. Game seven, game seven hat trick and a six-two win. Such so, such an awesome story. Uh, I saw a great stat on Twitter today that I want to mention. The last three game seven hat tricks: Matthias Yanmark, Yoel Kiviranta, Wayne Gretzky. And if that doesn't sum up the NHL playoffs perfectly, I don't know what does. Anyone can be the hero. It's so cool. Uh, moving on to the East now, we got Penn's Isles, and for being honest, I feel bad for the Penguins, which I don't think I've said many times. Uh, I will say I think it's awful when a fan base goes out and just trashes a player on their own team because he played poorly. I hate that. Uh, and I'm not trying to be like that. I'm not trying to personally attract, personally attack Tristan Jari like I know a lot of people have been. But the truth is, plain and simple, is he was the main reason they lost this series. Uh, this is the best Pens team that they've had since 2017. Jeff Carter was so good for them coming over at the deadline. They had all line scoring. Malkin was returning to elite form after the injury. I'd say with even average goaltending, that series goes seven games. And then at that point, who knows? But 
Jari was just not up to not up to the standards. He was seemingly getting beat on bad shots. He had bad rebound control, just all around poor play from him. And it kind of sucks to say, but that's just kind of the truth. On the other side of it, though, it's not like the Islanders didn't play good. They were very good. I thought they weren't winning games 2-1 to one in typical Islander fashion, but they were adjusting to the series the way it was being played, and they did what they had in order to win. Uh, I thought Sorokin stepped in and played great. Maybe the most impressive part for the Islanders, or one of the big things they can build off, is they did win the series, and Matt Barzell didn't really do too much. Just three assists in the six games. Uh, if he can get going, that'd be huge for them in their next series against Boston. Uh, another player I want to mention really quick for the Isles, that was Anthony Bovillier. I've, I've said for a while that this kid was underrated. Uh, I know he struggles a little bit with consistency, but he's so skilled. He loves to elevate his game in the playoffs, and he was he was great last round, and I thought he was maybe even their best player tonight in Game 1. The other East series, Caps and Bruins. Uh, the Bruins look good, very good. Uh, they drop game one. They go in to win four straight. They can score. They can defend. I thought Tuka Rask looked great. Uh, I hate to say it for Cavs fans' sake, but I think with that first-round five-game exit, you can pretty much officially chalk up that man. The trade is an L. You guys overpaid for him. You knew it was going to be an L in the long term, but the way this season ended like that, it's already L. Not ideal for you guys whatsoever. Uh... I don't think I've seen just general NHL fans so happy to see the Bruins win a series, but I guess Tom Wilson's departure from the playoffs after only five games certainly brought the hockey community together, that's for sure. Uh, For the Bruins, the perfection line was yet again perfection, as they seem to always be. This Bruins team, they're they're fun to watch. They really are. They all their lines can all their lines can skate. They move the puck well. They're physical. They're they're a playoff hockey team. Uh, this series for me, though, it kind of just fell over after Game 3, the Craig Smith double OT winner after the miscommunication by Schultz and Samsonov. You had Ovechkin screaming on the bench. Just It wasn't a great look for the Caps all around. The Caps didn't really recover from that for Game 4. They were flat-out dominated. They actually played a solid Game 5, but just wasn't enough. They were out of it by that point. Uh, Bolts and Panthers now moving on to the Central, and... I'll admit this, I don't know how, but I forgot how good Nikita Kucherov is at hockey. To do what he did in this series after having not played a game since the Stanley Cup Final last year was insane. He had three points in Game 1, which is obviously his first game back, ended the series with 11 points in six games, which currently leads everyone in the playoffs. I got the Bolts at 650 to win the Cup right now, and then I have a big bet on them at even money to be the team that comes out of the Central uh, I feel great about it right now, the way they're playing. This team is just so stacked. You have Kucherov, who I obviously just mentioned, Braden Point, Victor Hedman, who, watching him play, I think he might be hurt right now. Hard to tell. Um, Vasilevsky, who, in my opinion, at least, is the best goalie in the league. Not to mention, you've still got guys like Steven Stamkos, Ryan McDonough, Alex Kalorn. you got Palat, Sorelli. So many guys. This team is so deep. Won a cup last year. They know what it takes. Uh, they were 40% on the power play this series against Florida, which is unbelievable. Not on Colorado's level, but still unbelievable. Uh, on the other side of it, though, I thought Florida showed a lot of heart. They're a team that I didn't expect from, much from before the season, but they were great all year and this series as well. 
They were missing their number one defenseman, Aaron Ekblad, who was having a career year. Uh, I think the Panthers bounce back next year. I'm very interested to see what happens with them in net, though. Uh, I think they want to start grooming Spencer Knight, another guy who was great for them this series when he did play. But uh, I think they want to start grooming him to be the starter. Obviously, Bobrovsky's still under contract. Five more years, 10 mil a year. And he has a no-move clause as well. Even if he agrees to waive it the way he's played the past two seasons, I don't think anyone's taking that monster contract on. I mean, no reason to, unless he drastically turns around the way he's playing. You can get some kind of trade where Florida agrees to keep some of that salary, but with how big the contract is right now and the way he's playing, nobody wants that. The other Central Division series was possibly my... It makes a strong case to be my favorite series of the first round. Uh, is it because both arenas were absolutely packed for all six games? Uh, maybe. That doesn't hurt. Uh, seeing those buildings packed like that, rocking, seeing fans back in full capacity put the biggest smile on my face. It was awesome. Uh, I'll give Nashville credit. They played a hell of a series. They had a great season after a very tough start. And even though I am giving Nashville credit, I still wasn't that impressed with Carolina. I thought Carolina would have handled them easier. I would have guessed probably Carolina in five games. Their best player was Ajo, no surprise. Five goals, seven points in six games, including two in the clincher. The OT winner on that deflection off the Slavin point shot. Uh, getting him back was a big acquisition for them. You could already tell that he just, the juice he brings to that blue line, to that locker room, to that team. He's so underrated, always has been. Uh, as far as the goaltending goes, I thought Nijelkovic and Saros were both great. It was it was an awesome series to watch. Nashville come playoff team time is always so exciting, and Carolina was ju- Carolina matched their energy on every level. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, going up to the north right now, Oilers Jets. I don't. I mean, it was a. I don't even know where to begin on this. It's, it was a joke. McDavid had 105 points in 56 games. Drysdale had 84 points in 56 games. McDavid's 105 was 36 more points than Brad Marchand, the next closest behind him and Dreisaitl. Uh As far as the playoff production by McDavid goes, four points in four games isn't up to his standards, but it's still very much above average. You can't pin that on him. I think, I mean, after game three was, after that it was over. You, you can't come back from that. Up 4-1 with eight minutes left in the game. Uh, I will say three of the losses were in overtime, so it's, a little closer than it sounds is when you hear they got swept, but still getting swept is unacceptable. Uh, the penalty by Archibald in that game, in the game three with eight minutes left, was terrible. And then I will never, 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 never be able to comprehend Tippett not calling a timeout when they made it 4 3. Just, if, honestly, if I'm Ken Holland, that right there is enough to prove to me that he's not the guy that's going to bring me a Stanley Cup. I think that is. Flat out coaching 101, simplest that you can get right there. I think I think high school hockey coaches know that like it's just like the most simple thing. You're up by three, you up two quick goals, you're still up one, you call a timeout, Connor guys down, nope, let him go out there, tie game, losing overtime, and then there was just too much to come back from after that. It it was tough. Uh, I will credit the Jets though; they were great. Hellebuck was fantastic again. Uh, I was like, what a statement by them after being dominated all season by the Oilers. So so congrats to the Jets on moving on. But uh, as far as the Oilers goes, that was pretty pathetic. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about here in that series is the Ethan Bear situation. 
there's no need for that. There's no place for racism in hockey like that. This kid played his heart out for the Oilers, and to see so-called fans doing that, it's, it's disgusting. Uh, Leafs-Habs is the last series, and like I said earlier, we got a Game 7 Monday night, which I cannot wait for. But are, are the Leafs really going to do it again? I, it's hard to believe it. I just, it just, it would be the most typical Leafs moment to blow this 3-1 series lead and losing Game 7 on home ice. Uh, I know it's tough for Leafs fans right now, but I do have one positive. It might make this team a little better. It's that Matthews and Marner haven't even really gotten going yet. All it takes is them finding their game in Game 7, which I think is very possible. And if those guys do, I'll be very surprised if those guys find their game, break out for maybe a point or two each, and the Leafs still can't hold on. Getting those guys going is just the, the momentum shift the Leafs need. Uh, I can't imagine... I mean, I can imagine it's the Leafs, but this year just seems so set for them to finally get out of the first round. And then the Oilers get swept, their next, their next toughest opponent in the division. And it seems like the Leafs almost have this road paved to the semifinal, not ten, normally called conference final, but there's no conference this year. So semifinal, whatever you want to call it, round before the cup. And it just seems like they might disappoint again, which is just insane after being up 3-1. Uh, obviously, the Tavares situation was tough. I wish him the best. That was scary watching him fall back like that. Uh, it definitely rattled them a little bit, no doubt about it, and they're missing him on the ice for sure. But, I mean, it's it's definitely hurting their chances for sure. They're a much worse team without him on the ice, but it's it's not an excuse for, for how the way they've played these last couple games. Uh, moving on now to the... Round two preview. Obviously, Bruins Isles played game one today. Uh, I liked the Bruins in the series. They were minus 240 favorites coming in, but I was never going to lay that. That's an insane price. It's an Islanders team. It's very scrappy. Uh, I would have guessed Bruins in six probably. I'll stick with that prediction. It's during the one tonight. Uh, I can expect a lot of low-scoring games, we're being honest. Tight, checking, good goaltending, good defense. I know the game tonight actually went over, but that just makes like, the under in game two even more. And I'll probably like it a few more games during the series. Uh, it should be a good one, though. Like I said, I'll probably go with Bruins in six. Uh, Lightning Hurricanes, a Lightning minus 135 favorites. Canes plus 115. I like the Lightning in either six or seven. As I said earlier, I have that bet on them at even money to come out of the Central. So there's no play on the series price for me. But if I had to give one out, I'd recommend taking the Lightning. I think 135 is a good enough price to take them. The biggest question for me, it's the deciding factor in the series, is do the Canes have an answer for Kucherov? And I just don't think they do. They didn't see him all season. They've played him a bunch of times without Kucherov, and he's an absolute game-breaker. I don't think they're going to have any kind of answer for him. I don't think many teams, if any, have an answer for Kucherov. Uh, Avs-Knights, the Avs minus 185, Knights plus 160. Plus 160 is the Knights. Seems like it's very good until you realize it's against the Avs, obviously. plus one, The Knights are... The only other team in the league I think the Knights are maybe dogs to is Tampa, and the fact that they're plus 160 dogs against the Avs is crazy. It just shows how good the Avs are. I'm not laying the 185 on them. It's too much. I do have a few cup bets on the Avs, so I got something on them. I'll probably take them in game one, but 185 on the series, especially when not knowing how long Kadri's out, I can't do that. But this Avs team is just so good. They've been the best team all season long. They were the best team in round one. Analytically speaking, they're one of the best teams in the last 20 years. 
Uh, the way they lost last year with all those injuries, the way they handled the Blues, this team just feels destined to me. Uh, game one, I'll be on them for sure. If I had to give out a pick, it would be the Avs, although I don't like laying 185 on it. Uh, last series is the Jets and either Montreal or Toronto. If it's Toronto, I'd probably lean them in the series. If Montreal wins, I would probably lean Winnipeg in the series, but I would need to see a series price before I could really break it down any further than that. Uh... This was a fun episode coming back, guys. I'm gonna brew, I'm gonna be recording another one after this round and before the next round, and then maybe start doing some mid-round episodes for the semifinal and Stanley Cup final rounds. Uh, other than that, uh, it's good to be back and uh, have a good one, guys.